0: Another
1: edition of the Adam Jones podcast. He's Adam. I'm Jerry Coleman. You can see us at thebaltimorebanner.com or YouTube, or listen to us on U- YouTube, of course, or iTunes or Spotify. Adam, of course, the former five-time All-Star. I'm just a schlub on your screen or on your audio device right now. But coming up, we're going to debate. Well, why in the heck do athletes need to be mic'd up during sporting events? We have differing opinions on that. There'll be a rant from Mr. Jones regarding kids on airplanes. Our special guest today, don't bury the lead, my man. It's Trey Mancini, the newly crowned world champion from the Houston Astros. He will join us momentarily, the former Oriole. We're also going to salute our Baltimore Banner Varsity High School Athlete of the Week. And does Major League Baseball have an over-celebration problem? We'll talk about that. Of course, speaking of celebrating, we're brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels. There are lots of ways to make whiskey. There's only one way to make Jack Daniels make a count. Jack Daniels, drink responsibly. Responsibly. <laughs> also by Be More Around Town. They were all over New Orleans on Monday Night Football and Jacksonville is next. And Coach Harbaugh, you need to acknowledge Be More Around Town. That's why most of those fans are at your away games. They have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame tailgate experience before home and away games. BeMoreAroundTown.com and by Leaf medical cannabis company at GLeaf.com. medical cannabis is for qualified maryland patients only a reminder if you guys are enjoying this podcast make sure to check out the baltimore banner at the we have a special for the adam jones podcast listeners and viewers six weeks just one dollar all you have to do is visit the dot slash aj again the baltimore slash aj Well, let's get to it. Let's bring in the newly crowned world champion, the Houston Astro, the former Oriole Trey Mancini joining us here on the Adam Jones Podcast. Trey. The one-two. Third ball and picked by Mancini. Off of the bench for Gurriel And Trey Mancini keeps the Astros in front. What a moment! And Trey, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, Adam was the uh, the booker for all this, so he gets all the credit. But uh, first of all, before we get into that play, I know Adam wants to ask you about that. I got to ask you about the parade and the fifty cent champagne donation over four hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Just about that
2: today, yeah. Are, are you Jerry's always worried about money? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. um, Yeah. The uh, I saw the champagne bottles after the game and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, Had no idea. It was 50 cents champagne company until yesterday. Um, uh, Sarah showed me yesterday. But yeah, it tasted really good. Uh, You know, that's some good champagne. And um, yeah, it was just incredible. The parade was insane yesterday. There were two million people there, I think. Um, You know, just pure elation. Um, it, It was incredible. Just an incredible turnout from everybody.
3: Hey, big fella! Uh, first off, the Weinmans say hello. They send them Oh yes, love. yes. Um, they've I been, saw them. I uh, was back in Baltimore. They yeah. were so, so admired by you. They love you so much. Uh, and just go first off, how you feeling overall? Before we get into it, how you feeling as, in your personal health?
2: Great. Um, you know, feeling great. Um, you know, obviously, like still kind of on a high right now from from every you know thing that happened the last last few days. But um, feeling great, feeling healthy. Um, you know, thank God. You know, over over two years now since I finished up chemo and everything. So, um, you know, I'm feel, feeling great in that regard. That's yeah, a blessing, What, what man, you but... did for Ryan Miner, by the way, was a great thing as saying, well. Yeah, he was a uh, you know, huge influence on me. He was my low A manager and, um, you know, he was incredible. I just always have loved Ryan and, and was really upset when I heard the news. And, you know, it was especially strange since it was the same disease I had. So I thought that was uh, just, you know, a small way I could honor him.
3: That's amazing. Well, let's get let's get out of that the somber. <laughs> let's talk about this World Series, man. Playoffs. I mean, you come you come in. Obviously, we know you haven't got a hit. Um, yeah. But but you get stuck in, and you come to first base after Guerrero gets hurt, and you got to worry about Schaubert. Who, I don't care. You could be in right field, and you don't want him to hit you the ball. Um, yeah. That ball caught you. I know. That. I mean, that's yeah. when the ball oh, is dude. like uh, it's right there. But just just take us through that whole thing because obviously you don't you you. You're on the bench watching Yale, and he's like, come in the game right now. Like, you right. needed this second.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, I was going through an all-time slump. Never, you know, I, 2018, um, the first half of the season, I had some, some pretty tough times then, but still nothing quite like September. And, you know, it blended into October, unfortunately, too just couldn't get it figured out, um, you know, at the plate um, for which, which was tough. But at the same time, I knew I had to stay ready. Um, you know, we're in a situation that is much bigger than myself. And um, you know, in the playoffs, you know, you're going to find your way into the game. If you're on the roster, you are going to find your way into the game somehow. So you just have to stay ready. You can't be thinking about anything else. And unfortunately, Yuli he stayed in that pickle for a long time. Um, and, 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 eventually just turned his knee the wrong way and, and couldn't go anymore. Um, and it, it hit us all pretty hard. He had been huge for us in the postseason, but I knew that whole game, you know, I was expecting more to come in a pinch hit situation. I was not expecting to use my glove very much in the playoffs, but, um, you know, sure enough, Yuli went down and I had to go in there. And whenever you go into a game like that, the ball is going to find you almost immediately. And...
1: Go on two.
2: One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. And on that play, the only thought process that goes into your head is you have to stay on the line because anything down the line, Segura's running on first base, he's going to score. So that was the Easily. only thought that went into the play. Luckily, everything happened too fast for me to even think. I was basically trying to be like a hockey goalie and keep the ball somewhere in the vicinity where I could at least pick it up and touch the bag. Luckily, I caught it and, um, you know, made the play. And it you think about it. No, Jones people don't podcast. think about
1: that. Oh, it is the Adam Jones podcast, Jerry Coleman, Adam Jones, a lot of people listening. Not everyone watching on YouTube. We're speaking with Trey Mancini. Adam, go ahead.
3: I was saying it's just to that. Like people are they are gonna give McCormick obviously praise because it's been mean, fantastic play. Ninth oh, inning. So. I mean, that play does not happen without your play. They're they're up four to two. Like you said, Segura's on first. He's scoring. He he's mo he's gonna go through the stop sign. It doesn't matter if he's scoring or not. Yeah, he's yeah,
2: he's, he's going he's to do going- everything he can to score on that play.
3: So it, it like that, that that play doesn't happen. So obviously, you know, it happened so quick, but I I, I love how the highlights went back and just highlighted everything because it's like look, it, you know, you gotta you gotta show this play, but it's just it happens so quick because even on TV, you tag the base before like the camera even panned to you. It happened so quick. So I, I mean said like oof. When I seen that, I'm just like what really happened all
2: that but then they showed the replay like, that ball caught him yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, definitely did. Did. <laughs> it definitely did but uh, yeah glad it was hit to me because you know like what, like we were saying I I, I had been struggling uh, you know very very uncharacteristically for a while and um, you know I just I just wanted to contribute and, and um, do something to help the team that's all yeah, see he's got a new bat waits on this 2-2 fastball
1: shots to right base hit Tray Mancini with his first hit of the postseason to open the third. And you're so beloved in Baltimore, but they really have embraced you in Houston. And obviously, the faith that Dusty Baker uh, has in you—it was demonstrated throughout the World Series. He kept saying, "Your time is going to come. Your time is going to come." Yeah. What was it like playing for him as he got his first World Series championship as a manager?
2: Dusty, Dusty is absolutely incredible. We we obviously wanted to to win the World Series so badly, but especially for Dusty. Um, you know, he he's been managing for a long time. He's a legend in the game of baseball. Um, you know, I think some people forget how great of a player he was, just because he's been managing for so long that his playing career isn't highlighted too much. Um, but you know, every day he'd be talking about. Some of the people he played with, he was teammates with Hank Aaron for a long time, always told stories about him, would tell stories about which pitchers he faced, um, you know, liked facing, had trouble facing. It was so neat to hear. Um, and he reminded me of Showalter a lot, um, you know, just kind of in in the way they are. They're definitely like more old school guys, um, have been around the game for a long time, and and they possess so much knowledge. So it was, it was a privilege to be able to play for Dusty.
3: That's awesome. I want to go back a little bit about
2: – Take, like, through the trade stuff.
3: Obviously, don't dig, dig deep into that. But, like, I want to go with atmospheres because the Orioles were playing terrific baseball going up to the All-Star break. I mean, they, they could have added, but they traded mm-hmm. you and Lopez. Obviously, they knew that their time wasn't coming this year. But, again, you get to see the promise that they have. Then you get traded to a team that, they like, they, their mindset is not like, oh, yeah, we're getting to the playoffs. Let's get to the play. No, their mindset, I'm sure the, the day you got in there was like, yeah, we're talking about October, like late October. ALDS, yeah. no, we're not ALDS team. We're It's World Series of Bust in there. And, like, yeah. how does that mindset go from, like, look, we're trying to compete. We can compete with the Yankees. We can compete with the Blue Jays. Are we going to spend? We're not. Am I being traded personally? To, holy crap, I just came into a team and, like, I mean, you're hitting seventh in that lineup. You're hitting third in Baltimore. And like with the stars, yeah. you got lined the stars up and like that's a complete change of scenery and better taxes too.
2: Yeah. 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 Much better tax. <laughs> much better taxes in Texas. But yeah, I mean, it was completely different. Baltimore, um, kind of overnight after the 2018 season, um, you know, Jonesy after you and, and your core that was there for a long time after everybody left, um, you know, I kind of just got thrown in the fire a bit of, of leading the team and being the most tenured guy, um, very quickly, even though I hadn't been there all that long and wasn't that old. So, um, you know, I had to kind of, I'd say, grow up pretty quickly there and, um, you know, take on that role. And yeah, we had, we had some tough years and then this year things turned around, you know what, I'm going to admit it even surprised me. Um, you know, by the time the trade deadline came around, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to get traded or not because we were playing so well. And so many of these young guys um, that are in Baltimore are just so special. Um, that team has got a very bright future ahead of it. But um, yeah, so I end up getting traded and I go to Houston and it's kind of like once again, I'm more like a middle aged guy on the team rather than like the oldest, <laughs> most tenured guy. Like you said, I'm hitting seventh um, <laughs> and, you know, I've got, you know, guys like Burlander, um Altuve, Ryan Presley, like Maldonado, you know, guys that have been in this league for so long, um, and and yeah, I kind of almost felt like a rookie again my first couple of days. It was really, it was really weird going from knowing everybody in the organization, being the most tenured person in the organization, to I felt like you know I got called up in 2016 all over again when I got trained. So it was really, it was a bizarre. Um, you know, like bizarre a couple days, but then I fit in like really quickly with them. The guys were absolutely incredible. And like you said, it's it's, you know, World Series or bust there, basically. Um, yeah. You know, these guys have been through the ringer every year. They this was the sixth year in a row, I think, of making the ALCS. So, um, you know, it's you're there to win it and, and not just get there. And it's an infectious, infectious culture they have. And you buy into it really quickly. True. It is How the good Adam Jones can be.
1: podcast. Adam Jones podcast, Trey Mancini, (laughs) Jerry Coleman, Adam, trying to have a conversation with Trey for those listening in. Let's listen in a little more.
3: So, I mean, how good, how good can the Orioles be? Obviously you got to see it firsthand. You got to see the draft picks firsthand. And you got to, and you got to be in, you got to be around spring training, which is, you know, the most bonding time bonding experience uh, ever. And you get to see, I know how high in the last is doing. They're probably showing, uh, you know, all their top 20 prospects in camp why not why not you know to get them experience but you know you seeing it firsthand how good what's their how good is their potential
2: it it, I mean they're they're really good um you know I got to lead off with Rutschman um you know this kid's the real deal I think everybody saw it this year but um you know if you need any more convincing I I was on the team I saw him um he seemed like a 10-year vet honestly the way he carries himself the way that he prepares for every game. And obviously he'll focus on his hitting and stuff, but he spends so much time studying the other team and he spends so much time with the pitchers. Um, it's so impressive, um, you know, to, to be a rookie. Cause I I feel like when you're younger, you can get caught up in your own offense, um, you know, and, and yourself a little bit and he's not, he knows exactly what needs to be focused on that day. Um, you know, he's he's you know, as advertised, you know, perennial all-star. Um you, you know, the whole package. So with him leading the team in itself, they're gonna be, you know, doing pretty well. And then you have so many other guys, Gunnar Henderson. I didn't get to play with him. He he debuted after I got traded. I mean, what an impressive kid that he's a beast. Um stud. Stud. Huge. Nobody realized how big he is, too. I mean, this kid is yeah. Is really good. I got good. to see him awesome. at the All
3: Star game and at the Futures game, and I said, "Damn, yeah, he's
2: a, he is a yeah, specimen." Man, making right? you like that impressive. Shit. and and I know I'm going to forget some people in this too, but like you saw Bradish and Kramer, um, you know the turnaround that they had this year. Um, you know I faced I faced both of them twice. Like, you know they've got towards the top end of the rotation stuff. Um, I did not like facing them at all. It was <laughs> not fun about and our offense. You know, um. They, they played us really well when we played them and, and everybody on the Astros was saying like Baltimore probably gave us the biggest fit, um, you know, in the regular season this year, they just, they're pesky um, and, and they've got dudes and, and people like Grayson Rodriguez haven't even debuted yet. Um, right. So there's, there's more guys coming um, and it'll be interested to see what, what they do this off season. And, and, Um, But, yeah, especially with what they have now, like the future is definitely bright in Baltimore. I can tell you that.
1: Well, besides Jones, have you heard from a bunch of your ex-teammates on congratulations, you know, job well done? And any thoughts maybe as you enter free agency about ever returning to Baltimore and wearing that uniform again?
2: Yeah, like, yeah, a few of the guys have texted me. Um, So after game five, Mountcastle texted me because at first base, he and I always, you know, whoever was playing first base, uh, the other guy would be DHing during the game. And we'd always look in the dugout in like a close game and a big lefty was up. We'd always like get down on the ground, basically like a hockey goalie, um, you know, <laughs> just wanting to like make a play um, in that situation. So I was actually thinking about Mounty the entire time I was out at first base in game five. Um, so, yeah, like he texted me after that. Um, and, yeah, I heard from some of the other guys and, and Hyder texted me a lot of the coaches. You know, I, I still keep in, in good touch with all of them. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, good to go anywhere. Um, I I think that, you know, going into this year, the situation's the same in Baltimore as far as, you know, their personnel and fit. Um, I just don't know if I'm like the best fit on that roster anymore because they're going to need, especially, um, you know, they got Mani at first, they're going to need that DH slot for, for Adley when he's not catching and they just have so many young guys coming up that need to play um that you know I don't know if it would be the best fit and and you know if not then that's okay you know I'm, I'm always going to be an Oriole um you know I'll probably always be known as an Oriole and and um just absolutely love my time there and and I loved how how things ended between the organization and I um you know I couldn't have dreamt it being better
3: oh well good for you Yeah, (laughs) mine was a little different (laughs) you're talking about about the future um you know obviously you you, i mean the list came out of all the the free agents um obviously you're gonna get away decompress get away from this go get married and just just decompress but um the reality of it is is your agent's going to be calling you no matter where you are in the world you could be walking down the aisle and might get a text. He yeah, might get a text since, since, since he's going to be there. It's, be it's like, very
2: possible. Right. Yeah, he might get it mid ceremony.
3: Seventy-two million right now. I know you can say I do, but say say I do to this first. You know, like yeah. this? You never know what's going to happen. So I, um, you know, uh, what? How do you? How do you? How do you expect free agency to happen? Now, obviously, you um, you're not twenty-eight. You're thirty-one, I believe. Thirty-one.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Be healthy. I'm be thirty-one so, in March. Yeah.
3: Right. So you're going to play in your thirty-one year healthy and uh so how do you how do you
2: how do you what do you have a wish list i should say or, or anything like that no i mean no wish list in particular it's it's something that i haven't given a ton of thought to yet just since we were in the playoffs and everything you know i felt like there are much bigger fish to fry than um you know skipping ahead to free agency but um yeah no wish list no you know there, there's certainly nowhere that i wouldn't go um you know I'm i'm very open to absolutely anything
3: what about going back home
2: being close, being close, to, being close, being close to home. Tampa. To uh, where?
3: Miami? <laughs> to Tampa. I know you live in South Oh, yeah, yeah so, my, yeah.
2: so, yeah, yeah. Near Miami now or Tampa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm open to anything. Right. Hey, That's Trey, amazing. what do you recall? I,
1: I got to ask you, what do you recall about your first encounter with Adam Jones? And then I'll let Adam answer afterwards. But the first time you ran into Jones, do you recall the moment or, or what it was like and how it went down?
2: Um, you know, I, I I got called up for some spring training games, like when I was in the low-level minor league or, um, you know, minor leagues. But I remember Jonesy and so many of the other guys, like, introducing themselves to us and being really cool. And it meant a lot because that team, you know, my first spring training was 2014. That team was, um, you know, absurdly good. We all looked up to all those guys a ton. So whenever we got called up, they all couldn't have been nicer. And, and it meant a lot to us. And, and um, you know, I feel like it made – um, all of us, you know, not be intimidated whenever the time uh, would come for us to get called up. You know, we had met the guys in spring training before and, and um, you know, they ran the organization to where you were ready whenever you got called up to the majors. There were no surprises, but you were expected to perform and, and fit in and do well. Um, so, yeah, that started when we got called up, even for those spring training games.
1: What about you, Adam? What do you
3: recall yeah, like about these, the like- first meeting? I mean, it's it's nothing specific, just because of that reasoning. And you know, uh, when he, he's working with the first basements, he's working with CD and and uh, me. I'm in the outfield, obviously. But like, just say like, he hit the net on the head. It's him. Just a lot of the guys being around because Buck's whole thing was, and you've been down in spring training. He has the, obviously the list on the wall, but he always said that everybody in this room, you have a chance to impact our team in the major leagues at some point. Even you know the guys in the back room all. 82 guys that sometimes we'd be having for a spring training game. He always said that like everybody here has a chance to impact us in some sort of way. So the familiarity with all the guys, like when I first when Trey got called up, it wasn't like, hey, new guy, what's up, man? No, it's more like, what's up, man? About damn time you got here, or uh, you know, with all the guys, it was like, you know, about time you got here. Good to see you here. Like, come on, we in a pennant race. We need you to help. Trey entered. Trey entered the wild card race. That was crazy
2: yeah yeah that um, was so a wild, like a you know wild time to enter the majors, but I'm you know it like I got thrown into the fire, and then that gives you confidence whenever you know that you can perform in those situations.
3: 100 percent because showalter ain't going to shy away from just like, you know what it's like here, bottom nine, man here's Mo yeah. <laughs> this my, my debut, bro yeah see a rookie
2: against yeah, the Braves. Like, yeah yeah, like you know, I got called up because Steve Pierce got hurt, and you're expected to fill the void. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I, I commend
3: you on that, and commend you on you know, obviously, you're teaching the next the next wave of guys to do the same thing because you know, like I said, when you became the leader of the team, you know, you had to tell the same, you have to pass on the same message, same baton that you know, if you get called up, just because you don't get, just because you don't make the team right now, doesn't mean that you won't be able to impact us at some point in in uh, in the season. And you've seen that firsthand with the Orioles. Yeah, definitely. Um, Trey, yeah. Trey, what about?
1: What about that first time you ever got that pie in the face from Adam Jones? Uh, Do you recall anything of that nature? Because You know what? I I have to tell you. Hold on real quickly. I do want to show you something. For those watching on YouTube, you haven't seen this, but they they asked us to do a promo, and it went down like this. They got here before us. (laughs) The man with the pies gets pieed. Wayne Kirby got you, Adam. Wayne Kirby got me. I've a thousand times, except it happened to me in the worst fashion ever, if you want to show that, Chip.
3: Please do, Chip.
2: That's the best one I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) Knock me off my, you know what?
2: But, Jerry to, answer balance, Jerry, to answer your question, I never got pied and I, it was like my goal to get pied because it wasn't shaving cream. They were actual pies, as we all know. And I absolutely so love pie, So I was just like praying for a key, lime, like a free key lime pie in my face, um, you know, but didn't get one. I think by that time they, the, uh, you know, yeah, they ownership shut down the pies, unfortunately, um, which yeah. Trumbo gets blamed for, um, you know, he catches all the flack for, but. I want to clear his name. I don't think it was Trumbo.
3: I don't think it, I I smoked Steve Pierce one time and like slashed his nose. The other was like, hey, you can't be doing that. I was like, damn, I'm bad. I didn't mean to hit him that hard. I was excited.
1: Hey, Trey, before we let you go, quick question because this is going to lead into our next debate. Uh, Have you ever been mic'd up during a major league game and how do you feel about players being mic'd up? Because we are going to talk about that shortly and I think we have differing opinions, Adam and I, but Uh, we've seen it at the all-star game we've seen it at select baseball games what about your experience with that
2: yeah I got mic'd up they did the games on peacock this year um on on Sundays I think um and we had one of them in Cleveland they mic'd me up at first base um which at first there were like right-handed hitters coming up that inning so it wasn't that bad I was able to talk but I remember there was a foul ball I was going for while I was trying to talk to them so it was like A little weird. Um, I I think it's cool, though, because you see guys, um, you know, in the field playing their position. You get to hear what's going through their head during the game. And that's what fans want to see. You know, if we're trying to grow the game of baseball, I think you need to start doing things like that. Um, You know, micing guys up when they're hitting and stuff. That's a different story. I think that would probably be too much. But I think it's pretty cool to hear guys in the field, um, you know, what's going through their head. But I remember we were playing Cleveland. I was talking about Oscar Gonzalez's walkout song. It was like the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. And I'm talking about SpongeBob while I'm like running, chasing for a foul ball. And I was like, okay, this is a little ridiculous, but this might be what people want to see. I don't know.
1: (laughs) That's great. Trey, really appreciate you taking the time. It's going to be an off season of rings for you, whether it be matrimony or as a champion. So kudos and congrats to you and Sarah and uh, obviously of being a world champion.
2: Jerry, thank you so much. Thanks for your
3: time, man. Much appreciated, brother. Go relax. Get away. Go off the grid.
1: Yep. All
3: right,
2: guys. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: It is time for our Jerry versus Jones debate. Love the new imaging. It's brought to you by our friends Very at the cool. Weinman Company. Adam will have a few things to say about Dennis Weinman and his company, but let's get into it and let's bring in the judge himself, Reggie Fugit, and provide us with an explanation of today's topic. It sort of, sort of uh, you know, carries over from our last conversation with Trey Mancini,
0: Reg. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Welcome back, folks. This is the Jerry versus Jones debate. I am your judge, Reginald Fugit, presiding. Uh, Today's topic, we will be discussing athletes being mic'd up during games. We have varying opinions. We heard it from our current player. We have a former player as well, um, how he feels, but we will again start this segment off. Uh, Adam won last week. It is two to one. So this is. uh, Can I defer?
3: Can I defer first?
0: <laughs> sure, no, why not? What? Whoa, 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 what he wants it? the last word. Who wants That's the what the last point is. Word? Word? All right, well, uh, the judge is presiding, so we will let Jerry uh, get the first word. Jerry, you're on the clock. You, All right. how do you, How do you feel about athletes being mic'd <laughs> up?
1: Well, I think this. The only thing more disinteresting in sports to me than a sideline reporter interviewing someone mid-game, a coach or a player, is having a player, as Trey Mancini was sort of saying, Miked up. It's a distraction, especially, and this was ground breaking during the All Star game, where you had both the pitcher and the catcher miked up. I understand that game doesn't count, and I understand that you're trying to bring fans into the game, but to me, it's unprofessional. It takes away from the focus, the concentration, and it does carry over to the regular season. With that cornball game, they have an Iowa out there in the field. They had guys miked up in the outfield. But to have a pitcher like Alec Manoa, when he's throwing a pitch mic'd up and you got someone in his ear, you know, like a Joe Buck or someone like that, it's too contrived. It's, you know, it's there's nothing substantial ever divulged. Again, just like a sideline reporter, some of this eye candy on the sidelines, not that Ken Rosenthal's eye candy, all due respect, Ken. But do we ever learn anything from these conversations? Do we ever learn anything eavesdropping? From a player talking about some story During a game I just think again there's no need for it Especially with gambling involved right now If you have money on the game And your guy isn't paying attention You heard Trey say it What if it was a hitter who was hitting a line drive his way And he was too busy playing grab ass With the announcer That's not right
0: All right, Adam What you got Shut the hell up
3: Old man you're still the type of person that that goes to the games and has like the you're listening to the radio broadcast while you watch the game, aren't you? Nothing wrong, know, with, you. That. You, nothing with, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Old school little little skinny things. There's over nothing here. wrong with no, look that. It, look it, look it. I agree with you with one thing. Certain scenarios like the playoffs and all kind of things on field during the game, I I get. Spring training, I think it's amazing. Why? Is because you can bring back. You can get these players – you can get the fans refamiliarized with the players, especially, you know, if the Boston's on, if the Yankees are on. Maybe their fans didn't make it down to Tampa to see them. Maybe, they, you know, fans around the game can, can talk to the guys and, and get their temperament, what they did in the offseason, what they're working on, the team atmosphere. And also, um, during the games, what I like about it, it – what I like about doing the games is you get the emotion. Now, I wouldn't immediately do it right after they hit the home run solely because you know i wanted want them to maintain the team atmosphere and be around the team and all that kind of stuff but say after the inning or or you know how they do the managers or something like that after the inning that's perfect you're trying to grow the game what you're trying to do is you're trying to get these fans to understand that these are not just robots who just show up at six o'clock and play the game and then and then go home no they, they've been there at two o'clock games at seven they've been there at two okay mm-hmm. and it's growing the game it's showing the personalities that's what sports is about it's about personalities you have social media personalities you just can't just tweet that oh i'm just this and that they want to hear it they want to hear your personality hearing swarber saying oh they got no hit i don't give a rat's bleep like that's what you want to hear as a fan you want to hear that kind of stuff you want to hear the emotion the raw emotion it's rather garbage than bleep the
1: answers. whole thing is ah. garbage the low yeah. information all right man. all right let's reel it in here listen to all right. Joe Angel. the low information listen to Joe fan Angel. may embrace it but not me you listen to joe
3: angel you still have fred and fred you still got the headphones on. they don't announce you, the games you, anymore no, but i like the play by play yeah i like yeah, what's I like, the they tell it like it what's is? the guy's name in chicago bartman that's you that's you at a game you're bartman what's the most memorable bartman? thing you ever
1: heard a player say during a game or to a sideline reporter besides peyton manning saying we're standing here while our you know blanked up kickers all liquored up. i mean that's the most famous interview ever joe
0: name it no, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> all, right. all, right, all right, guys. All right, we're going to take a pause here. Pause right for uh, I don't want to kiss you. We're going to take nah. a pause for our sponsor before we get into the rebuttal. We are brought to you by the Wyman Company. Adam, you got anything for me with the Wyman Company?
3: Hey, man, the Wyman's always been good to me. Hey, I want to thank Mandy. Dennis, oh, you're cool. Mandy, those cookies. Oh, me and, <laughs> and me, Dylan and Benji, we were
1: sneaking them. <laughs> we
0: were all right, screaming. here we go. He <laughs> Jumping into the rebuttal. Did she make them for
1: Ken? Probably not.
0: No, Jerry, definitely not for Ken. No. Jerry, you, you got the, the lead off on the rebuttal. Go for it.
1: Listen, my rebuttal is this. If you're going to keep it to spring training and exhibitions, I'm fine with that. Anytime during regular season play, you don't see other leagues have to stoop down to that level. Can you imagine NBA players or NFL players being mic'd up during the game? I know they are at times, but it's edited. Not while they're playing the actual game. Are they talking to an announcer? Only baseball has to do that. And can you smell that? It's a smell of desperation for Major League Baseball.
0: All right, Adam. Desperation. Well, you got to grow the
3: game. You grow the, it's not desperation. <laughs> you grow the game the way you grow the game. Now, Obviously, you can't have a microphone like the NFL has a microphone. You heard Jacoby Brissett the other day, other day screaming at the lineman. You can hear it clear as day. You yeah. heard Omaha. Peyton Manning got a damn contract because he kept saying Omaha. Now they sent him a whole bunch of damn – uh okay stakes not bad stakes i mean if omaha you want to send us a bunch of but it's growing the game it's about growing the game any way you can and you got to show the personality in the nba the nba and the nfl don't have these kind of in- problems with images so if we're able to as a, as a group major league baseball show these players likeliness show their um their personalities That's how you got to do it. Again, postseason, I mean, I think regular season is fine, especially the all-star game, home run derbies. Those are the best. You're crying because Manoa was uh, mic'd up or something. That's probably because you had a dollar or two on
1: the game. I did. I had money on it. It's okay
3: for things like that to happen because it grows the game. It's
1: beautiful for the game. Well, you didn't hit the over in strikeouts because he's too busy chatting with an announcer.
0: All right. right. Thank you, guys. It's getting his mindset, man. Getting his mindset, man. Thank you, guys. You can about anything the judge has a verdict the judge has a verdict you guys have AM, am or fm
3: on your headphones you am or F, fm TV. fm i'm all stereo <laughs> yeah. all the yeah. time
0: the judge the judge has a verdict we had good points on both ends uh the judge is going to stick with the athlete on this i think it's great to have a spotlight on the athlete the better uh the better the better comment was very good almost got you the, the win on this jerry but the, the judge has a verdict it that uh athletes should still be considered should still be mic'd up during games. Well just some games, just some games. Some games. I, think that, I mean there's a there's a fine line <laughs> but there's a fine line but I think that is great. It's, it's like if I
3: was in center field mic'd up, I mean I was talking to myself anyway. Like outfielders, I don't I don't think outfielders Did you ever have any say any anything problem.
1: intriguing? Anything memorable?
3: I mean, I never was I mean, I was mic'd up I think I was mic'd up once or twice and maybe no, really, I'd just be out there thinking about food and what, what right. I'm. Right,
1: you're telling us about where you're going to dinner after the game. Who gives a rat? You don't think sand?
3: that's in, you don't you don't think that's intriguing? You don't think that people want to know where a guy like myself, who's a foodie, a guy you don't think people want to know where Bryce Harper? People like I ran. into What was Nola, I saying about family, the low information in
1: fan? Yeah, they want to know yeah.
3: that. They yeah. say <laughs> they want to know everything. They want to know what you're doing and give them a glimpse into your personality. Like I, I love donuts. I love delicatessens. People have brought me pies, donuts, all kind of things. Just because you said beef. that on social media.
1: All right, need, folks, to that was going You Need to try Lenny's Deli. All right, folks,
0: like that Lenny. was the Jerry. That was the Jerry versus Jones debate. Uh, until next week. Thanks for listening. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Judge Reggie. <laughs> right. Appreciate that. All right, All right the little Jones is coming in to uh, support Dad. <laughs> Now he's got a whole crew behind him. All right. Time hey, I, need, for our, I need all for I can get. Bird, time for our for the birds segment. And we're talking all about the Ravens because they are into their bye week after a big win in the big easy against the Saints. Uh, they mm-hmm. are going to have some time off. They have reached their bye week, as I said, but the injuries are starting to mount up. And it was an impressive win in New Orleans, but I am concerned. No Rashad Bateman for a while, if at all this year. We'll have to see. Uh, Gus Edwards is hurt again. J.K. Dobbins injured his knee. Mark Andrews just missed his first game. The Ravens wide receiver dilemma sort of continues, Adam. And here Lamar Jackson is in a contract year, and they bring in Deshaun Jackson. I don't know if that's the answer. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen with Odell Beckham Jr. I just don't think he would be a fit in Baltimore do you really think he would be a fit in Baltimore? Because he demands the football and they are not a throwing team. They are a run first team.
3: Yeah. I mean, you say they run first, but they can throw the ball. I mean, the Lamar Jackson, just like Harbaugh said, he's so dynamic. Like he can create things that just aren't there. And, you know, I want to say this to you, especially to you, Jerry. Did they finish the game this time? They did. Did they finish the game?
1: They finished the okay. game. They finished.
3: They scored 10. They Because they even mentioned it. Oh, the Ravens have you know, given up these big leads, but they finished the game. And, you know, like you said, with the wide receivers, it's, it's unfortunate. Guys are hurt. Likely is making a big, big name for himself right now, which is great to see. Um, but it, 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 the timing of the the bye week and having played one game in 23 days, I think that is, is on their side. Um, but, again, the, so it just depends on the injuries. If you got knee bad, you know, certain injuries, you can't. You Know 10 days ain't gonna do nothing, it's gonna, you know, necessarily take you know a month or something like that. But it's all about health, and as you see, that you know, the healthier you are, the better. But at the same time, it's next man up. The Ravens know that, just like Tory said a couple weeks ago, it's that Ravens mentality of like, look, we're gonna grind this game, we're gonna grind through it, and that's what they're doing. Lamar, he had a good game yesterday, he was efficient. Like, if you're looking for the 300 passing yards every weekend or something like that, no, he's efficient, he didn't turn the ball over. And you know, they finished the game. The defense, woof, they were on Dalton's ass like white on rice. So or like a, and I hope they had beignets on the flight home, cause you know, you're down to big east. You gotta get yourself some po boys and some beignets. So um they, they played a good game, you know, they they played a, a complete game and hopefully, you know, they just get oof, just time to to heal up because it's gonna be getting in my, in my baths.
1: Well, ten years after they won the Super Bowl in that building, and you, of course, were mm-hmm. there. But now they're six and three. They have the bye week. They have some time to heal. They also have the easiest remaining schedule in the National Football <laughs> League. And I know you're smiling when you look at that because every team's hard to play. But they only play one right. team since he with a winning record, and that's the final week of the season. Uh,
3: that's not their fault. You play the schedule. That's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's always been like that. Is. You know, you got to play the schedule. They always say that, you know, Clemson has a bad schedule because they play in the ACC. That's not their fault. The ACC is not as good as the SEC. Then switch realign You see, you realign and you're switching money. You know, obviously, you, you think that uh, the bad schools in the a- ACC want more money since Clemson's always in the national title game or something big. Of course, they want their money. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just going to boil down to, again, like you said, it's going to be health, it's going to be determination. And I think that them guys have just – just they, they have a way of figuring it out. And you have to beat the teams that you that are in front of you. It doesn't matter if they're 0-12 because, again, they can beat you and they'll be that 1-12 and you always have that little blip on you. So what you have to do is handle the team in front of you and control what you control. Uh, we were looking at the schedule a while ago, and we were, we were saying if they don't – if they're not 8-3 and three going into Denver, then, like, something's wrong because the next two games are winnable games for them. Again, they're going back down to Florida – you know, a tough place that's, that's you know, it's always tough going out in Florida with that warm weather. You just want to relax and you know, lose focus maybe a little bit. But they have a good chance to, you know, like we talked about the predictions, a good chance to be 12-5, and 11-6. So, um, you know, continue to watch them and continue to root for them.
1: Yeah, I could tell Coach Harbaugh, hey, Coach, you're going to be favored in every game the rest of the season. His response would be something to the effect of, I don't care, play harder.
3: Of course, because he because he understands that you know some team's gonna come in here and kick you right in your mouth like, again. They're talking about, like the Jets. The Jets have fought with. six wins this year. Close, I think. Five, so. Yeah,
1: six. They, yeah, They win. win like, last weekend. That's for huge sure. Huge win.
3: And they called it. They see the thing is they called it an upset. of five and three going to six and one, but it is an upset because the Bills are. Uh, you know they they have the MVP front runner. They have, you know, one of the top three defenses in the league, and the Jets are always, you know, up-and-coming team. We all know how to the – they're up-and-coming. We all know the Jets' misery and problems throughout decades. Our entire but,
1: lifetime.
3: Know. Yeah, pretty much, since yeah. Joe Namath. But
1: <laughs> <it's>, uh... <laughs> you bring it back to Joe. All right. But we better get away from uh, Joe Willie Namath right now in his mink coat. In fact, this is a perfect time for you to be even lighter or maybe more serious as a guy who's a world traveler. It's time for the heckle D's rant. Adam's rant. This is brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels. We'll tell you more about JD in a moment, but what do you got to talk about this week? World traveler.
3: Well, my rant is about kids and travel. Um, you know, as, as I got older, someone said that, you know, when you travel with kids, it's, it's not vacation, it's a trip. <clears throat> Very true. But my kids are great, great travelers. And I learned, obviously, when I first, me and my wife, you know, before we started traveling, we were like, you know, how oh, these kids making this too much noise on the plane or this and that. And then you just be like, once you have kids, you're like, okay, look okay. it. All the noise ain't the worst in the world. You know, there's kids on a the plane and doing all that. Why don't these parents just have a damn drink? The kid can't go nowhere. The kid can't go nowhere on the plane. He can't go nowhere. You don't want to give him an iPad? Give him, give him an iPad. Give him a sucker. Parents, stop being stupid. And I've seen this the other day, and I, I'm falling for it, too. You, you can't shush a kid, especially a little kid. Shh. Shh. They're going to talk lower. They're going to still talk. Like you can't do it. So the best thing, especially with these parents now, is when you're traveling, travel with some suckers. Don't be afraid to order a couple Jacks or gin or beef eater or whatever the hell you drink. I don't know. But preferably... Get yourself some jet. Yes. And enjoy that damn flight. Okay. Don't let that kid ruin your flight. Okay. Don't let him ruin your flight. Don't let him. You sit there and give him his iPad, give him some juice. And when you're on a plane, parents, say yes. The more you say no in a closed environment, the worse these kids are. We just say yes. And it makes it so much easier. Okay. That is Stop the Adam Jones.
1: <laughs> that is the Adam Jones specialty rant, brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniel's. Jack Daniel's has always made whiskey, and if they have it their way, they always will. There's one thing Jack can't make more of: moments. Those are on us to create, folks. So let's make sure we're making the most of every moment we have. Make it count with Jack Daniel's. Again, you're listening and watching the Adam Jones podcast brought to you by The Baltimore Banner. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's Adam Jones. Again, BaltimoreBanner.com has a special out right now. TheBaltimoreBanner.com slash AJ is where you can get six weeks digital free access of the paper right there online. And as far as this podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's go beyond Baltimore quickly and talk about these over-celebrations in Major League Baseball. And this has been a point of contention for me because, you know, you win your division, you win a wild card, you party, you win your division, you party, you win the pennant, you party, you win the World Series, you celebrate. MLB has jumped the shark. It's overkill. And all because they have a beer sponsor involved, it seems, because you don't see it in the NBA. You don't see it in the NHL. I don't see any alcohol in the Super Bowl winning locker room. Most sports don't celebrate till you win the championship not clenching a wild card.
3: To that, uh, 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 that's you know. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think of other sports. They they don't really celebrate the same way. But but, no. baseball is is like an everyday job it's sport. It's everyday, but it's a job. It's like a plumber, where you know you've been around baseball guys where they play a game, they go they go have themselves dinner and a beer at ten thirty. We eat at ten thirty, eleven o'clock. They decompress. Football players, it's once a week. Saturday night, I ain't doing nothing. Once a week. Basketball, their schedule is so crazy with travel. It's the worst I've ever seen. Hockey is very similar to that, too. But with baseball, it's like the everyday job. It's like literally every day is a game. And I don't know. I just think we feel that, like, man, you better celebrate this. You said Like, like I said, Berlander, 39 years old, got a beer shower. First
1: time in – I mean, first time in – it's was he wearing those eyes? protective goggles? I mean, how soft are these guys? Maybe. I've had champagne no, hey, in my eyes.
3: You, it, the worst. Champagne is the worst on your skin, your eye. It feels so bad for the next couple days. It's so cold. And I got to celebrate last year in Japan. Ooh-hoo. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Anytime you can do it, because you know how hard it is to get to that moment. Anytime you can celebrate – celebrate no team ever gets mad only time team get mad was when the Dodgers went and jumped in the pool in arizona i think that's a little bit disrespectful but hilarious <laughs> that was, at the same that time. was
1: obnoxious uh, but
3: but you got to share it you got you got to enjoy the moment and you know i love it when i love it love it when they go out and share the, with the fans as you see me uh do it in uh 14 with the pies and you see numerous times and occasions throughout history of, of uh, the players going out and sharing with the fans i got to see it in san diego um a couple days ago so or a couple weeks ago so you know it, it, you gotta celebrate it man these are once-in-a-lifetime achievements you know how hard you got there you gotta it's celebrate five, i know you don't five at a time. i know you don't like it i know you don't like it i know because you're the type of guy that goes to the your, your apartment your apartment yeah your whatever
1: apartment. I, I don't <laughs> need to see it four or five times in a postseason when you win the championship like mancini then it's time all right no
3: you celebrate the whole way man you celebrate winning your division 162 games Man, people on your heels—you celebrate that, brother. You, you win a one-game
1: series or three-game series, and really, you're gonna crack. it? Not, not as hard.
3: Not, not as hard. Like like the Astros when they won. When they won, you've seen how. And when they won in Seattle, it was like, like you've okay. been there before, we're, man. The Astros. I'm saying the Astros did. They were. But if, but if, uh, if you know when, you know, when the when the Guardians won, they went nuts because they ain't supposed to be there. Well, if then win Seattle won, they, they should go to championship. They supposed to beat it. No, no, it don't work like that, man. It, you're right. professional when you've you been there back to back to disagree. back to back, like Tom and Mansky. But the Astros, they they celebrated insane. They celebrated good in New York. They celebrated insane because women's ship is different. But they've been there before. But if Seattle won, Seattle would probably it would be a party in Seattle. It would Feel like their World Series, like how San Diego beat the Dodgers. It was their World Series.
1: All right, put the jack down. We got to keep moving <laughs> along here. <laughs> And let's take it down a level and show some respect to the Baltimore Banners Varsity Sports Network Athlete of the Week. This week, it's Archbishop Spalding football player Hakeem Sims, the running back rush for 191 yards, two scores as the second-ranked Cavaliers came from behind to defeat Mount St. Joseph 35-21. They secured the top seed for the MIAA Conference Football Playoffs which get underway this week. Sims scored on a 10-yard run in the second to tie the game. Also had a seven-yard run in the fourth to push his team in front. Spalding is 9-1, and 6-0 and in the MIAA. They will host McDonough in a MIAA conference in my final playoff game. That's coming up Friday night. Nothing like playoff high school football. Congrats to Hakeem. Well done, Hakeem Sims.
3: Hakeem, oh, man, that's unbelievable. And uh, my wife's best friend, Dominique Drummond, she used to uh, be the – the AD over there at, at Spaulding. So, and went to McDonough. So, it's going to be a uh, mix of oh, emotions yeah. for her and her household this, this week. But uh, that's impressive. I mean, almost 200 yards. That's just impressive. So, uh,
1: continue doing what you're doing and bust them next week. All right. Finally, let's uh, do some socially <laughs> speaking, shall we?
2: Hey, I just you. This is crazy.
1: And this is where we answer a tweet or a social media post. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. At Adam Jones Pod, at Adam Jones Pod. You should be following us because we're gonna have some giveaways coming up along that platform, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You should be following us at Adam Jones Pod. Last Thank week we talk talked about, you know, when is the right time to approach an athlete in public and when isn't, we got a great response from at Saucier Willie. Quote, I've personally seen Adam in public multiple times. And on both occasions, he was with his kids. I just walked right by him. Like Adam said, they're normal people too. You do put your pants on one leg at a time, right? I've tried to jump in
3: them, but I, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, no, we're normal. But again, as I said, it, it's always, you know, if you can, you know, you keep it moving. You know, say, like, yeah, I've plenty, got plenty of time. Adam, appreciate it. Appreciate what you do, man. Appreciate it. Uh, but sometimes there's always those people that want that 15 seconds, 15 minutes, and it's like, yeah, let me tell you this story. And it's, some, it's just sometimes it's like, man, I ain't got time for no damn story, okay? I ain't trying to listen to this story. But no, most people like I said are are very respectful. There's always there's gonna be the knuckleheads that ruin it for everybody else. That's in any facet of life. Um, but you know, when when people just keep it moving, like, hey, I appreciate it. I you know love how you played. Thanks, for what you did for the city. All this kind of things. It, it's always love. It's always respect. And it's always appreciated. Um, it's just that. And at the end of the day, sometimes if I'm with my family, we're eating dinner or we're doing certain things. You know. I think it's just respectful to watch and see what we're doing. It's like, you say, always say, read the room. You know, if, if, um, if my kids are playing, and I'm just sitting right there, just, you know, watching them play. Perfect time to come up to me and approach me. Like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? But if uh, you know, we're doing something and like, say we're at a pirate class, I don't, I don't know, but I'm saying if we're doing something we're occupied, like, you know, just let us, let us be normal. That's what we're going. That's what we always aim for. Like we go shopping. I shop. I like to shop. I like to be normal. I don't want, you know, obviously, Uber and Google and Amazon and all them, they got the little shopping apps. But I like to go shop. I like to touch the, the fruit and vegetables. So just let me be normal sometimes.
1: Let them squeeze the tomatoes in peace, people, will you? <laughs> avocados. You got to see the
3: feel of the avocados.
1: I'm more interested in Jack Daniels. We want to thank our sponsors. I'm ready. I'm ready for some Jack with you. There are a lot of ways to make whiskey. There's only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels, please drink responsibly. Also, thanks to our friends at Be More Around Town. Brian and company. They have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home game and away game had to be more around and by G leaf medical cannabis company, visit G leaf.com learn how you can become a Maryland medical cannabis patient today that's gleaf.com medical cannabis is for qualified maryland patients only and a reminder folks once again if you're enjoying this podcast make sure to check out the baltimore banner they're covering the ravens terps orioles and everything newsworthy across the baltimore region as a special thanks to our listeners you get six weeks unlimited digital access for just one dollar visit the slash aj to get started again the baltimore Slash AJ, six weeks for a buck. Thanks to senior executive producer Chip Franklin. Excellent job as usual. Go out and subscribe to the Baltimore Banner and this podcast. But you're watching already, so tell a friend. And uh, after seeing you in Baltimore all last week, it's good to have you a world away. Get lost. Oh, will you tell